Welcome to Adaptation, the podcast that dives into all things self-optimization and self-discovery, helping you be your best inside and out. I'm your host, Steve Katazi, and today is my most vulnerable and personally exposing conversation on the Adaptation mics to date. Eek. <laughs> We're talking about negative funks and harmful rumination today. And yeah, I know, I'm Mr. Self-Optimization, but even with my sunny disposition and unshakable commitment, even I'm not immune to these toxic states and thoughts, even though I know much, much better. And the reality is, I do keep my guard very low on this show already, generally, and have no issue exposing both my struggles and my weaknesses for us all to learn from. But there's being open and relaxed, and then there's being truly transparent, completely letting your guard down and letting the raw and ugly truth come out. And in this episode with Bryn, this is exactly what I did. It was like therapy, to be honest, a session on Dr. Jenkins' couch. And I wanted to air this chat in particular because we all want to show the world that we've got our shit together to downplay the negative and ugly aspects of our personality and our behaviors. But here's the thing, guys. We can't completely avoid periods of negative mindsets. Not even Mr. Be Your Best himself. You can't always be happy, even though that's the dream, the societal expectation. Being unhappy is seen as a failure. Yet, in spite of many low moments, people achieve the most incredible lives. What gives, huh? What I think you'll find interesting in this chat was my on-the-mic realization that I'm likely deficient in some psychological nutrients, which was a tough pill to swallow, but a necessary one. As well as that, I think the realization that there is a self-sabotage in all of us, even the best of minds, even the strongest personalities. I know better, mentally, academically, and through my own personal experiences, and yet, I allow myself to brew negativity and harmful, non-productive thoughts from time to time. And I tell you what, January 2020 absolutely tested me, and for no obvious reason. So hopefully you get something from this discussion, and that my openness helps make more sense of your behaviors and your feelings. And look, we always love hearing from you. So do get yourself over to the adaptnation.io show notes and leave a comment or start a conversation on the Adaptation Facebook community. Oh, and before we get started, if you could do me a massive favor, it would be huge. Please drop us a quick five-star rating and perhaps a short review on your podcast app. Each and every review helps this show get found and trusted by more like-minded people like yourself. And the more people we can reach, the more great content we can keep producing. Thank you in advance. And look, I love you guys. Enjoy the show. So it's one of those gloomy days today, man. We've got the windows open, or the blinds open. And it's dreary. It's been cold for the last week or so in the UK. And you can't help but to feel a little bit flat. 
Don't you agree? Yeah. <laughs> the weather has a massive impact on, on how you feel. And your, does, your it, head, right? does it have an impact on you? Because it yeah, definitely it has be. an impact on me. Yeah, well, um, actually, yesterday was a lovely, frosty, bright, sunny day. And everyone that came into the gym was like really happy, in a good mood. When the weather's like this, everyone just feels a little bit lower. Like they feel a bit glump, but they also feel a little bit lower on energy. People coming in a bit like, feeling a bit flat. It definitely has an effect. It, oh, it definitely ma- has yeah. an effect. I mean, you know, they don't call the, you know, vitamin D, you know, like that kind of sunshine, sunshine hormone, and the a main effector of mood for no reason. I mean, it's it's hormonal, it's chemical, but it's also just like physical. When you're out in a crisp day of sunshine, you just feel more willing to get yeah. the shit done, right? The th- the thing is though, I don't get that effect every sunny day or when there's been a long period, like in the summer where we have like a really good summer and there's a lot of sunny days in a row, it does, to me, seem like it wears off a little bit. Yeah, And it almost becomes normal. So I feel best, personally, in the spring when it's just been winter, we're not used to the the beautiful sunny days and the sun comes out and you open the car windows or you open up the door and you let the fresh air in. That's so true, And you just feel buzzing and you feel like, I just feel like on top of the world. The weather's beautiful and it just... You, your mood just lifts. But I don't get that on a normal summer's day when it's been like Especially that. when it's too hot, right? You know, like when we go for our heat waves, you know, July, August, and it gets a little hot for two, three weeks of the year. I mean, and then you're like, oh, yellow. it's too hot. Yeah. You're moaning about this, that, and that. <laughs> but you don't want to go out in the sun at all. Yeah. So yeah, it's a fair point. Did you know, um, so we're obviously back end of January now. This Monday was, I don't know what they call it, but it effectively the, the bluest day of the year. It was like, I don't know, Moody Monday or whatever it was called. But uh, yeah, I heard this. The I lowest, what it was, but... gloomiest, glummest day of the year. Did you feel it? How was your Monday? I think it was right. Two days it was quite a nice, sunny, sunny, bright <laughs> day. So I think I was okay. I've actually had quite a good week. Um, so I've, I've, I felt quite good this week. I've actually had quite a good week productively and, and in the gym and whatnot. So I felt good. And the weather's been nice. So actually, I didn't feel anything on Monday. But the weather's if, been if, nice. If nice. I, okay, you might have had a, a bit of sunshine. We're still talking minus two, right? It's not like... Yeah, it's not. Well, I quite like weather. that, though. I think it's quite nice when it's a bit of a chill and it's clear and fresh and lovely. But if if I'd known that that was like Blue Monday, I probably would have felt a bit more blue. It would have been more bias, of a right? placebo effect, yeah. Yeah. Did, did you then? Did you, did you feel... No, I, I, I'm I mean, pretty sure I had a good day on Monday too. And what, I've, what's I've, the logic behind... Monday. I don't know. I, I don't know. Some statistics somehow, you know, some observation, whether it be on Facebook or some social media kind of algorithm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how they know well, it, I've, but I've they, they it. know it's that we, we we generally are are less happy on on that on that day. I don't know. Um and I think this is actually an, a lovely key off point because and it wasn't because of that, because I was actually in a good mood on Monday too, but mm-hmm. I've been thinking a little bit about you know, we're in January. Um, it's easy to break into January, get over your hangover and start building a plan for the future, you know, themes for the year, um, a level of excitement and anticipation that the year's going to go great. And January is a bit of a slog, isn't it? You know, we've used up all our money during Christmas. You know, we're coming out of being overindulgent and having a good time might be carrying on a bit of weight. It's generally like, okay, shit needs to change now, right? Oh, this is when get... everyone picks up flu and cold. Exactly. And it can, can be just a bit of a rough month. And I'm feeling a bit of that, if I'm honest. Not hugely. I think I'm generally got a quite sunny disposition. But, you know, I've been noticing me dipping in and out of funks 
quite a few times over the last couple of weeks, albeit I've got a lot to be grateful for. And I thought today it'd be, I think it'd be quite nice for us to have a bit of an expose on, honestly, you know, what do we struggle with in terms of, you know, ruminating on negative thoughts or just having negative funks when you know better. Like, I'm highly educated on techniques and tools through nutrition, mindset, you know, behaviors to prevent myself from ever being despondent, upset, pissed off, like just annoyed. Less than optimal, yeah. Yet it still happens more often than you would realize. So I just kind of wanted to explore that a little bit with you, man. So keying off that point, do you think that because you do all those things to kind of not be that way, you think it makes it worse? Because you, I almost feel like because of everything I do in my lifestyle, it almost makes me feel guilty when I don't feel like I've got loads of energy or I don't feel 100% productive and I feel like because... Life must be shit if I'm doing all of this. Yeah, dinner. like <laughs> I, I, I should, like I, I almost because the space that we're in, we're trying to lead from the front and go, look, this is how you do it and then and, and trying to be an example of mm. how not to feel negative and be unproductive and just have an off day. So it kind of makes you feel a little bit guilty almost or imposter syndrome a little bit. I don't know if you feel that. I certainly do. And um, Well, I, yeah. I, I, I agree. I think most, uh, most people in the media, even if they're honest, real people that, you know, have real talk with you, for the most part, I think all of us are trying to demonstrate a level of ownership of our lives because it's not very compelling or aspiring to have someone bleat on, be negative and just show you how uh, how sucky their life is. So I think most people want to front their life as, I got my shit together. And because of that, when people do show you that actually the, you know, the, the soft interior, you know, the vulnerable underbelly of their life. I don't know. I just feel that, okay, do you know what? You're real. You're human. You're dealing with this too. And even though you've got a great life and things seems to seem to be on the up and everything seems to be matching my expectation of what a good life is, yet you still struggle. Mm. And I've had this conversation probably half a dozen, dozen times over the last year with various people asking them, you know, does happiness exist? Does permanent happiness exist? And I know instinctively it doesn't. Because I think we're wired to always look out for danger. We're wired to be on on edge for the threats. Mm. And as a result, being happy creates complacency. When you're happy, you don't realize when someone's going to come and just jump on you. You know, like if you're, you're out in the wild. So you've got to have a level of expectation shit's going to go down so you can prevent shit from happening, i.e. death, right? You know, mm. if you're out in the jungle. So... I don't think we can avoid rumination. I don't think we can avoid negativity from time to time. That being said, I haven't got a lot to be negative about. Mm. Like, honestly, like, legit, there isn't too many things that I dislike about my life. You- and that's what I can struggle with. Like, well, if, I, if life's pretty good, why do I still find myself in these kind of blue days? So we're we creating it because we don't have all that much to be negative about, are we then creating that ne- negativity in our life? I do think you, maybe, do you I, feel like you're I think almost maybe, creating it? Maybe. Um, 
Oh, I, I think we're creating it and or we're not doing we're not doing the restorative things for our mindset that allow us to be more present and more grateful for what we have. Mm. I don't know. Let's get into that. Let's get into that. So I've given it some thought as to yeah, what's going on for me right now? And and you know what? It's not right now. It's it's all the time. Like, you know, throughout 2019, I had a number of number of days where it's just like, ugh. You know, you're pushing against a bit of a brick wall in terms of feeling good. Other days, be bang on. And other times, actually, I could be in a bit of a funk. I know I had to get myself out of it, and I get myself out of it. But that doesn't deny the fact I was in a funk before I fixed it. So why does that happen? Now, I've, I've thought, like, what are the big rocks for me? And the first one is probably sleep. Now... It's, it's an easy one because it's not overly emotional and I don't have to be like particularly transparent with you about like other shit I'm dealing with. But sleep is is a biggie. So I didn't sleep well last night because I went to bed very late because I had this committee meeting. I got home. I started doing work. Didn't go to bed till one o'clock in the morning. Woke up at six. There's no two ways about it. It ain't going to be a sunny, happy day for me because I know through trial and error, if I don't have enough sleep, my emotional capacity just sucks. And it does, and, and I'm, I'm, maybe I'm getting more sensitive as I get older, but it absolutely just slams me. I can improve it, I can work on it, especially if I have external accountability. But left to my own devices, not enough sleep just seems to cause me a whole heap of emotional problems. Does it? Mm-hmm. Do you relate to that? Do you notice the cause and effects of insufficient or low quality sleep? Uh, yeah, I mean, if I've if I've not had a full night sleep. I mean, I might have eight hours of sleep, but it might not be good quality sleep. Um, if I've woken up a few times, I've been interrupted. Sometimes I just wake up and be like, okay, I've had eight hours sleep, but I don't feel great. And usually if I look back, that's because the sleep quality hasn't been good because I um, sleepwalk and sleep talk a lot. I don't right. sleepwalk so much now, but I still sleep talk. I'm quite active in my sleep. Wow. Um, if, if I do sleep talk in the night, because Lisa will tell me, or I sometimes remember, I will sometimes feel just lower on mental kind of mental energy almost. Mm -hmm. And I just don't feel as vibrant. And sometimes I won't know that I have been sleep talking or been active in the night until Lisa's told me in the afternoon. I'm like, that's why I'm feeling like I'm in a bit of a funk because I just don't feel clear headed and I just don't feel like I'm top of the world today. It's just not one of those days. And usually that's, that's linked with me not having a good night's sleep. Sometimes if I have a late night, um, yeah, not always, not always. Sometimes I can have a late night and wake up and feel okay and still have a, a day where I'm feeling positive and good and be productive. But every now and then, yeah, sometimes. So, I'm I'm not making it out to be that, you know, life sucks when I don't get enough sleep, but it definitely loses its its edge. Yeah. Like I'm I'm definitely 100% less patient. Mm-hmm. And that has a huge effect on relationships with my family. Because when I'm just not willing to tolerate anything other than what I expect from you right now, that's just harsh. It's not, not a great way to connect with someone when... You're telling them to like, oh, don't finish your sentence. I know what you're going to say. Or can you do this already? Why haven't you done that? Like that, that happens. So impatience, I find myself less forgiven. I find myself less um, compassionate. Mm-hmm. Just don't seem to be as empathetic 
to your situation when I'm tired. And I just feel foggy. And then and and then that kind of cascades. Because once I feel foggy, I know today ain't going to be a good day. Because mm. I have high expectations on having mental clarity, mental cognition, and getting shit done, being productive. And when I know that my brain's just just a mess because it's tired i haven't had enough rem sleep haven't haven't you know condensed my thoughts and like emptied my brain from last night it's still full of last night's shit Hmm. do you know what i mean because it did and that's exactly how i felt this morning the stuff i was working on just before i went to bed was still present in my brain yeah this morning there was no there was no space to process it delete the noise you know refresh reboot clear the hard drive so i just feel yeah messy and yep. confused a little mm-hmm. bit so yeah I, sleep for me is a biggie and i know better and yet i still do and it's like come on dude yeah get some more sleep will you? but why do you think you do it though i mean last night if you know that so if you know today you're gonna be less productive when you got in last night what what stopped you because you you made the decision to stay up and work yeah, yeah i did but why like was it deadline driven or were you just like I don't think I'm going to be able to go to sleep because, like, what was it? Like, what it was. Made um, decision? I'm a. I've got a very strong completed finisher mindset, which gets me in trouble. So, and I also have this, and I'm probably getting worse with this with age. But once I have an idea, I felt the consequence of not executing on that idea immediately, which is I put it on my list and I might deal with it tomorrow or the day after. But as soon as it loses its freshness, yeah. I don't want to do it anymore. Or I forget the direction I was thinking. No, I, I can, once I start, once I let my brain onto something, it's like letting the, the hounds on onto a rabbit, right? They go for it. Like my brain just fucking attacks the idea when I let it think about something. So I'm starting to think of all these ideas. I could do this, I could do that. And then it's like, well, I could go to bed or I could just quickly do half an hour. It's never half an hour, man. You know, I'm, I'm okay. Well, let me just do this now. Or it may limit, lim, you know, and then before you know it, I've been doing it for two and a half hours. I'm like, dude, what? Come on. Yeah. Seriously. So I think that definitely hurts me. But then it's it's a weakness that's a strength. And I have to accept that. That, that ability to execute on ideas, mm-hmm. that ability to think through problems the way I do, I love that part of my personality. I just don't like the way that I prioritize driving an idea through because it's there mm-hmm. with other things that might be more important in that moment like yeah. sleep or time with other people things that can be pushed aside so what so, all right so that's like product productivity and work what about and a lot of people can probably relate to this things like binge watching like netflix or something do, do you get that do you have a certain series that you watch and you're like I should turn TV off now, but I want to watch another one. Before you know it, you've been watching so we TV used to. until midnight. Used to, we don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. No, so we haven't done it for ages now. So like, I'm watching Peaky Blinders now. Like, I know Probably. I'm very, very, very late to the scene. And it's amazing. I love right. it. Um, you know, before that, we were watching Breaking Bad. Equally late to the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have, we've got enough control now to just watch one episode. Mm-hmm. It's not like I don't want to watch another one. It's just, okay, it's 10, half 10. We should probably stop. But here's the problem with that. So I do that. Like, oh, every time we go, one episode, that's it, let's stop. Like, you know, it's more enjoyable to let this long out. You know, there's only X amount of episodes. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, calm it. We'll have a nice night tomorrow as well. 
And then Michelle go, I'm going up to bed. And I've just got myself in a bit of a, you know, just naughty habit of going, I'll be up in a second. And then I flick up my phone. Mm. I'm just kind of just like, I'm just, I just want to wind down, but I'm using my phone to wind down. Yeah. And it ain't winding down. It's winding you up. Exactly. Exactly. So I kind of got myself in doing that. So I should go turn off Netflix, go to bed. Because I've got the control to turn off Netflix. Mm. Don't necessarily have the control to turn my brain off and go, I don't need to interact with anything else now. That was nice. That was enjoyable. We had a good time. I just go up to bed. We can chat and fall asleep or whatever. Do you know? Yeah, got to work on that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> me, me and Lisa always, typically we always go to bed at the same time. So she goes to bed, I'll go to bed as well. So that's, I'm lucky I've never got in the habit of going, I'll just stay down here and I'll watch a bit of TV. Yeah, it's, on my a, own. It's, it's, it's not a good habit. No. And, and the reason I asked that, because I know it's going to be relatable because a lot of people I speak to that I've worked with, um, we look at their lifestyle and they look at their sleep. It typically seems to be things like Netflix um, or going on your phone that will stop them from getting a good night's rest. Yeah. But yours is now going and working, going, going and do something productive or trying to be productive. Yeah, it's, it, there, there is a sense of let me do something that kind of sets me up for tomorrow or takes a little bit of the load off mm-hmm. or a couple of little things that I should have done that I haven't. What about if I do one of the two of those things now? Not necessarily worky-worky, not necessarily cracking open the laptop. might just be on the phone, but, and they're probably not that productive. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of, anyway. So sleep is a biggie for me. I know it is. Probably the next biggest thing, and it kind of is connected for me, is not living up to my expectations. So, and I think, I think this is quite relatable, which is we have an expectation of ourselves, whether it be, the person we need to be, the results that we expect from ourselves in our day, in our life, or the schedule that we'd signed up to following that we knew would, you know, we feel good about the identity. If we, if I follow that day, I'm living up to my values, my expectations of myself. And I find myself not off, not all the time, but enough to be a theme of not meeting my expectations of not following the schedule I'd anticipated for tomorrow or for today. Um, Not getting the results I expected because maybe the results were too ambitious or I didn't commit to them enough. Or having habits such as checking my phone, saying I'm not going to do it. It doesn't make any sense. doesn't add any value. It can wait. Mm -hmm. Do it some other time. And then I break the habit. So I was speaking to near Ewawa from... um, he wrote a book called Indistractable. And he talks about all of this stuff, actually. Uh, and we picked, you know, at my vulnerabilities a bit, and I pulled the scab, pulled out the scab, trying to, trying to understand the why behind some of these kind of destructive habits. I don't know. I don't know. But when I don't live up to my expectations or the values that I have of myself, then it just manifests frustration, doesn't it? Mm. You get pissed off of yourself for not being who you said you were going to be. And that kind of plays at me quite a bit. I think it's it's an ongoing battle every day, trying to be who you want to be or who you're expecting you to be, uh, sticking to schedules. It's an ongoing battle every single day, and some days you nail it, and some days you don't. And that's where it comes. Yeah, massively. Like when you were saying that, I was like, I I have I have that battle every single day. I'm like, so before I go to bed, make a list, think about what I'm going to do tomorrow and what what needs to be done. Make a list tonight, and then tomorrow I can get up and tick the list off. Um, I might get up in the morning and, and try and do certain rituals that I do when I'm not 
going to to work um super early but some days i do it some days i don't like i don't do it every single day religiously and when i don't that can create some sort of frustration and it annoys me and that can affect the rest of my day some days i nail it but it is it is something that i have to work on every single Mm. day but i have to also be okay with not i'm not going to nail it every day i'm just not i'm not going to nail like my training in the gym i'm not going to nail um my personal development and learning every single day or mindfulness so i i've kind of softened on that a little bit myself not lowering my expectations but lowering my expectations of that expectation does that make sense so i've kind of made it a little bit easier for myself um a little bit easier for my day to go better if i don't do it yeah i kind of i have to kind of deal with it and go cool well this morning didn't quite go to plan that's okay like the analogy I like to use, um, which I might have used on here before, is like imagine dropping your iPhone and you crack the screen, right? So you crack the screen, what are you gonna do? Either you can throw it on the floor, get in a tantrum, smash your phone to pieces, or go and take it to get repaired. There's already a crack in the screen, so you just gotta deal with it. And my morning, I might that analogy, I didn't do what I said I was gonna do on the list. There's a crack in the screen. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go deal with it. I'm gonna fix that problem. I'm gonna make this afternoon much better and do what I can and make this mm. day as good as possible. Um, rather than just kind of throwing my toys at the pram and 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 smashing the phone on the floor, yeah. I try and have a positive mindset. Go yeah, for the rest and, of the day. And look, man, I, I I don't know how relatable this is to to everyone else. I'm not I'm not saying any of these things in their own right. You know, completely. Um get me off the tracks and you know cause me to have a a terrible day i don't have terrible days let me be clear i am not depressed i'm not you know completely you know don't have a lack of contentment like none of that stuff i'm really happy generally um so the mood the overarching theme of my life is i'm really satisfied but i'm talking about things that just seem to throw me off and with those moments you can be reflective. In those moments, you can go, hmm, is this all there is? Or why? Why this again? Why am I doing this? What's going on? Like, what's the thing that sits behind my behaviors that allows this to happen? And, I, and you know, I, I buy into that, you know, you, you are happy when reality meets expectations, mm. right? When you are who you say you're going to be, when you do what you expect, when life is the way you had had anticipated. So you have two two options, right? You either change your reality by changing your behavior, your actions, your outcomes, or you change your expectations. Mm. Either way, as long as reality and expectations meet, you're in a good place. So I, I like you can, you know, come up come to peace with not being the person I expected to be today in terms of results or schedule or, or productivity. And then the following day, I might actually lower the expectation so I can fulfill the expectation. But I know I can do more. I know I can be more. And lowering expectations feels like a bit of a cheat. Mm. You know what I mean? Like deep down, I'm like, there's people that do more than me. Mm. There's people that get more shit done. There's people that are creating more value in the world than I am. And I want to do a lot of stuff at Adaptation. And, and time is kind of of the essence because I can't hang around for years and years and years waiting for things to manifest. Like I have to go and manifest those things for myself. And, Mm. you know, the faster the better, really, because 
the time is now. So I get frustrated when the time is now and I'm being a bit too chill. Do you know what I mean? And that mm. kind of gets at me a bit. And I don't know if people relate to that. But definitely not living up to my expectations is big. The other thing that is big, and it's probably the most emotional part, Bryn, and I know you've spoken about this before a little bit, is I'm very autonomous. I'm very happy with my own space and time. And as a result, doing what I do is easy. You know, working as, you know, as a man of one, doing what I'm doing at Adapt Nation, um, and not having an office to go to or having a connection with like a, a tribe necessarily. I don't really need that. And me and Michelle have had these conversations because I don't see my mates very often. And part of me goes, well, is that is that an issue? Would I be happy if I saw them more often? And Michelle goes, I don't know if you would. I'm like, I don't know if I would. Because at one hand, I'm like, maybe that's what's missing, a lack of tribe. But the other hand, communicating with people is quite exhausting for me. Like being in, a, in, in social settings can be pretty tiring. And then I go home and I feel like as if I can relax again. And I am a social person. I don't struggle with communicating and connecting. But I'm also very comfortable with my own presence. Mm. So I do think at times I feel that there's my lack of tribe gets me down mm. because Adam Nation is, is, is only me with the support of my wife. And, you know, she's, she's not all in as a teammate. She's just helping me out because I'm a lone wolf here. Um, and I don't see my friends that often and I don't have a big social circle. So I think at times that can get me down. But then I don't really know how to process that because I'm actually really comfortable with it too. So I don't know what the answer is, but I do think generally I've I've allowed myself to be a bit too isolated. And I probably need to do more to be less isolated. And that probably would be a net net positive because let's face it, we are are a tribal species. We're, you know, we need, we've we've evolved to be in packs and little groups and tribes little communities, 30 to 40, you know, sorry, 10 to 30 to 50 people, just having that network as people in your little village that just cobble together to make things work and someone's doing this job, someone's doing that job and together we're so sustaining community, life, yeah. community. And I get, I get community. I get community through many of the things that I do, but I don't have a strong presence within any given community because... Mm. My community, for the most part, is my family. I spend a lot of time with my family, not a lot of time with these other groups. And yeah, I, I just don't know. I think it needs to be improved. So my personal experience of that would be I was, same as you, I was working on my own. I was working with clients in a one-on-one setting. So although I was actually communicating a lot and I was meeting lots of new people, it was, they were it was transient. It, it they weren't like transient, mates. Exactly. Yeah. And it was very, um, it was just like we're exchanging all the time and it's yeah. not like a relaxed environment. But now I work with a team. I sometimes walk away feeling buzzing. Like yeah. if, I, if, if I, me and the team have like, like just when I left then, like I was with, with the, um, the other guys at work and we're all chatting and laughing and then I walk out feeling good. Um, but I also like sitting at home and I find for me to relax, I need to almost be on my own, chilling, reading a book or, or whatever. But I still also get that feeling from having that tribe. 
but I'm the same as you as well. I, I should, I, mm. I should, and I could see my friends a little bit more than I do. Um, I, I, I do okay. I still go out and see them, and I try and make that effort for that exact reason. Um, but I definitely think it has a negative impact if you don't. Yeah, I, I think it 100%. does, man. I mean, look, I've always worked in teams. I've always like for as long as I've had a job. I mean, look, just go from school, right? From school, you're in groups. And from school leading into work up until the last couple of years, I've always worked with people, you know, working with people as part of a team or, you know, a bigger team or a department or whatever it is. But there's always been small little teams I've worked with part that were part of bigger teams. And if I'm honest, I was really looking forward to leaving that behind because there's so much politics and frustration, yeah. politicking and general annoyances that come with working with people. And I'm sure everyone's not in the head relating like the office politics can be a fucking nightmare. And the amount of work that feels unnecessary because there's meetings for meeting's sake and like everyone's asking people to do stuff, emails flying around everywhere. And it's just a frustration that builds from the moment you open your eyes and you check your your messages. I was looking forward to get rid and getting rid of all of the bullshitty stuff that comes with working with people that have their own agendas or are lazy or are not on your wavelength or, or just generally expect too much from you. But the flip side to pulling away so hard is that I I think there's a I think there's a there's a kind of tribe space hole in my life that probably needs filling. And now whether that's, you know, adaptation growing so I can bring a team in or whether that's just me spending more time with my friends and being more deliberate and really making an effort, even though, you know, pinning down guys can be a, can be a difficult feat, right? Especially if you don't yeah. live close from one uh, to one another. Um, or maybe it's just generally trying to be more community-led in my community, like really engage. And I was at a, a swimming committee last night and it was good to, you know, work with a team, come up with ideas and help people out. And it's a selfless thing. I'm not getting paid. It's a... It's a, um, a volunteer thing, right? So that was quite nice, and I enjoyed that. I don't want too much of it either. Yeah, I'm a complicated. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, do, do you do you find? I mean, looking at me, knowing who you know, knowing what you know of me, do you sense that that's something that is a bigger issue that I'm letting onto on the mics? Uh, what, what do you mean? As in uh, not having that tribe, is it affecting you? Can I see it affecting you? Yeah, like you know my personality. You know I am very autonomous. You know how I operate. You know I've got my family around me. That's the most important thing, all that kind of stuff. But do you see a gap that needs filling? Well, I've always known you, you don't typically talk about going out with your friends and stuff a lot. So that's yeah. always something I've wondered. I've not, yeah. We've not really discussed it, to be fair. Um, so I've, I've never actually known how much in your social time you go and spend it with friends because I don't know where your friends live. Not much. And they, they live there. No one's close. Yeah. So yeah. it's something I've wondered. And, and I always think, I always think whoever it is, is better off with the tribe. It just pulls you down. It just brings you down. Like mm. it, if you look at um, an example, Mind Pump. So you've had the Mind Pump guys on here. Yeah. Um, Sal and Adam. Um, and obviously there's Justin as well. If you look at their dynamic, they, they, they're a bit of a tribe. And if you look at, if Sal was on his own, he'd be a little bit more in the clouds. 
And I, I can see how Adam and Justin kind of pull him a little bit down, down a little bit. Yeah. And I think you're, you're more like Sal um, in terms of like, because you have that kind of wisdom and, and you can recite things and you're... you're, you're Just more cerebral. You're in your, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So whereas Adam and Justin are a little bit more... Especially Justin could be a little bit more silly, a little bit more. He's a bit banter, more banter, bit. and he definitely Adam's more emotional, and and, and yeah. Adam's more emotional, and and he's kind of in the middle of them too. And you can see how they they definitely bounce off each other. Yeah, that tribe definitely. works, and they bring him that that. So to me, that's how I feel with you is that you're a bit more like Sal, a bit more cerebral, and having people that pull you down down to earth with that banter and a bit more of a putting the softer touch on it i agree man. I, I feel that would definitely benefit you having those kind of personalities around you and when when but, i have been in those small little cliques of two or three people at work and you know we just trust each other like brothers and like you know we've got each other's back and we won't let each other down it feels great mm. it does feel great yeah so i i agree man I, I don't think i don't i'm definitely not one for a big cohort of people around me i don't think i need that i don't think i need 50 friends mm. that I see all the time. But I probably need more teammates. Like, yeah. you know, teammates, whether it's about work or generally, like kind of teammates kind of working life through together. And I have that with my wife. I, you know, I kind of, kind of have that in some form with my kids because I communicate with them a lot. And, you know, but but it's not enough. I don't, I don't think it's enough, but it's not enough. It's not painful enough for me to say, this is a real big problem. It's just recently become something where I'm reflecting, going, I haven't paid any attention to this at all. Is it a gap? Mm. And if I filled it, would I feel better? Mm. And I'm more leaning towards yes than no, but it's not 100% certain in my mind because I'm pretty satisfied with the, the way life is set. But I think I probably need to explore it a little bit more. I, I personally feel 100% better when I go and see my friends yeah. because as much, Lisa's amazing. And I'm gonna have Josh, and he's gonna be growing up and stuff. So that that obviously that relationship's gonna grow, but it's not it's not the, it's same. Not the same. It's not you're, you're talking about something slightly different. Um, you, they're part of your tribe, yeah, but it, it, there's there's a different element when it becomes your kind of uh, brother in arms, almost like as if you're going to battle with people, yeah. your your team in terms of like who who's on the front line with you, um, and 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 that. I have friends that I'll go and see for that camaraderie, mm. that banter, and that. And I, I think just, you know, I, I don't. I don't think that's just you. I think that's built into all of us to want that, to know that there's people that, yeah, you know, just have got our back. Yeah, and you're working it out together. Yeah. So yeah, I you know I can I can theoretically understand the whole thing, but it's whether you execute on that. And and why do I not execute on seeing my friends more often? Why do I not force myself into you know new or re-engage communities I've been part of before. I don't know. I need to work that out. I need yeah. to work out why I don't prioritize it as much as I do because I think I need to spend more time on that. Yeah. So that, that yes. was probably my most ugly, you know, most uncomfortable aspect of what I think can sometimes kind of, without knowing, subconsciously flatten my mood. Mm. You do some talking, man. Hit me up with one of All yours. All right. So what, one for me would be like, I can quite easily overcomplicate things and confuse myself and overconsume on 
like Audible and podcasts and read books and try and learn, absorb too much and actually end up just being unproductive and not really learning anything. And, and I'm a big believer in if you learn something, you should then actually practically take it away and implement that into your life. Um, otherwise, you're just absorbing it for nothing, really. Mm. Um, you're just learning for the sake of learning. And it gets me in a head funk for sure. Like, I know when I'm over-consuming on just information and stuff, and that gets me in a space where I'm really unproductive. And I just don't feel as happy. I just, I, and then, just bit, and then, not enough clarity, bit too confusion, not enough clarity, a bit fog. But yeah, and then I kind of get stuck, and I'm a bit like, I just feel like I'm not moving anywhere. I'm being unproductive, and then I end up pushing back, and then almost not doing anything, and feeling guilty that I'm not doing anything. So I might be, I'm just going to switch off. I'm just going to have some time out, but then I'll feel guilty because of that because I'm not being productive. Yeah. and it's this kind of. And I think we're, I think we're, I think we're addicted to cons- consumption. Generally, yeah. we're yeah. addicted to and, and the information, information because there's so much of it and so much potential good that you can learn. Uh, I think we're addicted to like you know, in any given moment of silence. Well, I may as well do something that gives me the opportunity to consume more information. Yeah, with this idea that it's going to make me a better person, but. As you're saying, sometimes it just adds, it's just noise. You, you just, yeah. You're just addicted to white noise. Do oh, you know what I mean? Definitely. Um, when I take the dog out, it podcasts, right? And when I'm driving, podcasts, audible. Um, it's, it's not, it doesn't feel guilt. You don't feel guilty necessarily because no. it's, it's a productive thing, right? You might be listening to a great conversation by someone who could be inspirational or just educational, really insightful. You're developing, you're learning. It's not a guilty thing, but it can sometimes be the wrong thing. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong because a lot of the time, it, it like you say it's productive and it actually helps me unwind like i love listening to a good podcast that i just find that relaxing and and i, I it's a little bit of escapism i almost get yeah. lost in their conversation if it's a really good conversation i can walk for hours um, you don't want to come home because you don't, don't want to come finish. home because i want to finish podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so on the most part it's actually very productive makes me feel better um Guess you think and i enjoy it it's just it's almost like a bit of a hobby like learning for me now but but there are times when it can have a ne- that negative impact. Mm. Um, and I definitely notice it and it gets me in that funk. And again, I, I don't know, like you're saying with a lot of these things, you don't know why you're doing it. And, and, and you do it again and again and again. You're like, why do I keep doing that? Why do I keep ending up in this place? Um, l- a few weeks ago, we went to uh, a cabin in the woods, a log burner and jacuzzi. And we went there, it was for my 30th. And we went there and we just thought, let's let's just chill out. Let, let's not do any plans. Let's just relax. And and we're like, let's read. We don't really have time to read at home. And we do before we go to bed. But we thought, let's just sit down, get the log burner going, have some wine. We can read our books and whatnot. And we did that for, for four days. And it was lovely. And my brain, I, I was thinking clearly. I was so productive. I could feel my mood increasing. And I was excited to get back to work and implement some of the things that I had read and learned and thought about. Did you have a digital detox within that time? Was you on your phone or not? Uh, on my phone, a lot less okay. than I would normally. Um, and I was reading a lot more. But I, I still went on my phone. I still did things. And, and I, I was still consuming. I was still con- listening to things mm. and whatnot. But I, I just took myself away from it. And there was just more headspace. And I felt really productive, really good. Really excited to go back to work. But <laughs> when I got home, I then slowly started 
going, okay, well, I've got all these ideas and I slowly start complicating them and then adding more things and more noise mm. and just started over consuming and then got a little less productive again. And I, that's when I was like, huh, like going away, having that headspace and being a little bit more mindful and more relaxed, like really did me some good. And then I've come back and got myself a little bit into this funk again. Mm. Do you know but, what? I think we I don't all, know why I do I it. I think we all do it, right? Because, you know, isn't that what a holiday is supposed to be, for example, yeah. right? A holiday is supposed to be disconnect, relax, chill down, slow down, and reset. Yeah. And I take the take the the troubles and the pressure of life off just for those few days or a week or so. And I had the same experience as recently. So I you know, I've said many times on a podcast, you know, I I see the value in mindfulness and I practice mindfulness. And that's not a lie. I do. And I do it fairly regularly. But every once in a while, I fall off the bandwagon of dedicating a bit of time in the morning to that. Uh, and I've, and that's this has kind of happened in January as well. So this is part of the reason. It's another one of my issues is a lack of mindfulness. So only a couple of days ago, I decided that, hey, enough's enough. I've done two things that made quite a bit of difference. Kind of stopped work. You know, I had, I had my dinner around about half six, seven. You know, kids went to bed. You know, normally I'd do a little bit more work then for an hour or two and then we'd watch some, watch some telly. I decided not to. Actually went into like our cinema room. It was dark. Didn't turn the lights on even. Didn't bring my phone into the room, which is quite uncommon for me. My phone follows me everywhere. And Michelle knew I was in there, but she was potting around, you know, doing stuff for the kids, getting the day set for tomorrow. And I just sat. And I just sat in, you know, relative darkness. Eyes got accustomed to the light. And... I just said, like, just chill. And I kind of done my mindfulness practice regime, but not. It wasn't rigid. I was just, like, breathing, being mindful of my breath, being mindful of the space around me, and just going, I'm going to be okay doing nothing. And I ended up doing that for about 15 minutes. The difference in how I felt was, like, light and day. I wasn't particularly funky just before, but I felt so much better. I felt calmer. I felt more relaxed. I felt more at ease with my work that I had to do. Even that day, I was like, fuck it, it's fine. It's not important. And tomorrow's workload wasn't pissing me off either. I was just, I was okay, comfortable, relaxed, chill. Let's, and, and it was incredible. And then the following day, I'd done, I'd done a five, 10 minute mindfulness thing. That felt great as well. Yet, I allow myself to tell myself the story that doing that is unproductive. Mm. Doing that feels like a waste of time or even weird. Do you know what I mean? And I, I allow myself to tell my to, to convince myself not to do it in the mornings when I know I should. And what I'll do is I'll read. I read every morning. So that's my kind of like chill time. And I do that. I do it almost religiously. I'll read, for, read anywhere between 20 and 40 minutes in the morning. And that's my me time before like life starts getting busy. But what I used to do almost religiously was either before or after that, five or 10 minutes on the floor, breathing, chilling out, doing my thing. And it was just lovely. And I just seemed to be nicer to Michelle. I just seemed to be a bit more compassionate, <laughs> a bit a more, person. just a better person. Yeah, I don't do it enough. And I'm like, why? Why am I not doing a thing that I know is great? When you've said, when you went to that cabin, you felt great. Yet when you came home, it's like, well, can't do that again. I've got stuff to do. And, and so I've had a very similar moment I can only re recall myself doing this once. I've done mindfulness and I've used the app and whatnot. I've, I've done all that. But this, there's one moment when I felt like 
almost like I was putting my foot on the gas on, in, in the car and the car was getting quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker and my brain's getting busier and busier and busier. And, and, and I recognize it and go, well, just step off the step off the pedal a little bit and, and let it slow back down, right? Mm. And in order to do that, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to sit. I'm going to make a green tea. I'm going to do a green tea. I was going to sit on the sofa. And this was at like lunchtime. And um, I was at home. And, and it was a work day, but I wasn't at work. I, mm-hmm. hadn't, I didn't have to go to work yet. But I usually feel like I have to be productive at home. So I was like, I'll make a green tea and I'm going to sit down on the sofa. No TV, no phone, nothing. Not even going to read. I'm not even going to try and work on my posture. I'm just going to sit and relax. And I sat there for, uh, I can't remember. It might, I think it might have been like 20 to 30 minutes. Just sat there and had my tea. And doing nothing. And we got a nice view out the house. I just looked out. I was like, I, I, I never do this. I've got mm. such a beautiful view and I never do this, right? And It's I crazy felt, we don't do. Yeah. Because it does sound nice. You, you're, you're saying that to me. And I'm like, that sounds quite nice. <laughs> but part of me is also going, bit unproductive though yeah 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 <laughs> like, judge, judging me but i i was i was sitting there judging myself and, but i had to keep going no 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 I, I need to do this i need to declutter my brain and i did it and i felt better for it exactly the same feelings as you had just felt like my brain had processed things a little bit and i was a bit calm i could deal with i had a lot going on at the time so i could deal with it um but i haven't done it since mm. so I, haven't, I haven't done it again and i'm like why is it so hard for me just to sit down and do nothing but if i was to take a guess for me, it's a cultural thing. It's not built into our culture just to sit there and do nothing. Mm. We sit down and put the TV on, or we sit down, or, or we have to be doing work or something. Can and especially, I come sort of. I'm a bit more blue collar by nature. I've come through sort of manual labour jobs, and, Grafting. and it's like get off your ass and work. Like mm. yeah, it's, like, why you, you sit down right, and have a cup of tea? And, and and I still carry that with me now. And mm. if I sit down and have a cup of tea, I, I can feel that that culture how it's developed me as a person and makes me feel bad and i feel like this is why everyone in our sort of space or sorry in this culture suffers with sitting down and doing nothing you know what i also i also nap i do like binaural beat napping and i and i say i do it because i do do it it's not as frequently as i like but you know after lunch have a coffee chat with the missus get back into the office before I get started, the office is nice and warm. I close down the, the blinds. Um, I'll stick some earphones on and I'll spend 20 to 30 minutes just listening to one little track, binaural track. Sounds great. And I'll drift off. Might only actually sleep for five or 10 minutes because my brain's just kind of like winding down. But that time is incredibly restorative. I, I get back out. Like I, I don't wake myself up with alarm. I let myself kind of naturally wake up once the music stops, which it does. And I kind of come to, I, I might have like little kind of blindfold on, so I take it off and just kind of like get accustomed to the space, let my brain start to gear up again, sit on my desk, crack on. It feels amazing. Amazing. Mm. And this is the problem. I don't not do these things. I just know that they're so powerful, yet I don't do them every day. Mm. Or I don't do them like eight times out of 10. I might only do them three times out of 10 or two out of 10. And some days, not at all for a couple months. And I'm like, why when you know it's that good and that i guess for me is the recurring theme of like you know better steve you know what makes you feel good and you're not doing it for anyone else you're doing it for you because when you're your best everything else is better for you and then everything is better for everyone else around you in terms of what you create who you are how you behave with people how you look after them why do i choose to be less than my best Mm. who was it that you was it albert einstein or someone that was really smart used to nap a lot 
Oh, I think it's uh, it was it Salvador Dali. Salvador Dali used to nap with a key, and then there was it's not Einstein, uh, the one who used to sleep with something in his hand, and then when he wake, yeah, drops it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's it. So uh, I mean, there's this. Um... It might have been Edison or someone like that, but yeah, they 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 knew that when they were drifting, they were getting their best ideas. So they created a contraption that when they yeah. start to drift, they lo- lost their grip. They drop a ball onto a spoon. It clatter. It wake them up, and they go right. What yeah. was that idea? Write it down. And they say this, you know. Great minds um, nap. Yeah, they, they go, I think I think Steve Jobs, someone else did it. So, uh, but, but we know. But again, anyway, culturally, personal... it's so inconsistent. Culturally, that sounds like I'm lazy. Yeah. That I must have something wrong with me. That I'm clearly not being productive. Unless like we look, Spain. we look at yeah, we look at the the Spaniards and their siestas and go lazy bunch of, you know, because it doesn't look like as if they're doing enough. But yeah, I think there's something really powerful in both mindfulness, time, just staring, looking at nature, being in nature, not doing stuff or napping. I know it's beneficial. I feel it enough to say, at least for me, N, N, of N equals one, I know it works. Yeah. Yeah, I don't do and enough. It, and it has to have a profound effect on depression. I'm, I'm not an expert in depression at all, but it has to. People just spending a bit more downtime Having a nap, sitting there doing nothing, going out being as long as you can be okay nature. with it. I think that's that's where it can be. I think that's the issue I've got. You have to be truly okay and set your expectations that this is a net positive. Because for as long as you wrap it up as it's this is unproductive or this is somehow a negative thing in my life, as, as long as it's got that kind of outward exterior to you you're never going to be truly okay with it even though you get the benefit from it you're still going to be guilty you've done it and i think that's kind of where i'm at with the napping like i do it but i kind of feel guilty that i could have cracked on with something else in that half an hour and and i'm totally in the same boat because i do the same even when i'm walking the dog it has to be done taking the dog out for nice nice walk but i feel guilty that i'm taking the dog out because i'm not there must be a term or it's almost like a bit of a disorder Right. And I've only just thought about this now. Now we're talking. It's quite good to talk about it because um, I I know other people struggle with this, but I've never actually sat down and spoke, spoken to people in this much depth about this issue. Right. Mm. Feeling unproductive and having that time out. Um, but it must be a bit of a disorder. Right. Like going out and not being able to not feel guilty when you should just be. Be at peace. Just mm. okay. I'm I'm out. I'm walking the dog. I'm in, in going for a walk. It's I'm complicated, isn't it? Because you know it's good for you. You know you'll end up getting back more than you put in. Mm. I know I get back more than when I than the ten minutes I've gi- have given to mindfulness because it sets me up for the day. It ends up giving me more time because I have more productive time thereafter. So it's a net positive, both in terms of productivity, time, feel good factor, all that kind of stuff. But in the moment. It's like I'm running late already. The yeah. last thing I'm going to do is now sit on the floor for ten minutes. Yeah, I got shit to do. Ah, <laughs> oh, right. We, we need we need to solve for this in 2020. Yeah. You and I need to solve for this. I, um, I have got another one actually. Um, the other one for me is um, lack of external accountability. It's kind of the tribe thing again. So I've always worked in companies, right? Worked for someone else, and therefore. My role has been set by someone. 
my outcomes, like what is a successful job? What, what, what does Steve have to do to be good at his job, whether it's earn X amount of money for the business or do these things? So I've always had like a very clear cut view of this is the definition of being a good employee. Um, this is how you operate if you're like, a good person. Um, and these are the meetings you've got to go to or mm-hmm. what have you. These are responsibilities you've got to have and certain things are time-based. So when you have that external expectation of you, there's it's kind of easier. You don't have to think about that or create that because it's already there. Now, you might not like it. You might not like you have to do your report on Monday morning or you've got, you know, you've got these monthly targets you got hit or you've got to be at work by, you know, 8.30 and not leave until 6. You might not like the conditions imposed upon you, but it does simplify your life and it does create accountability. Now, I don't have anyone expecting anything from me other than my family. Like, obviously, Michelle wants me to be happy and wants us to be successful and wants us to have the things that we need in life to continue to, you know, thrive as a family. But beyond Michelle, no one's really expecting anything from me. They won't be disappointed if I don't do that thing today or don't achieve my monthly target I've set for myself. No one cares because there's no external impact. Now, there is an external impact in terms of the value I can create, but no one's waiting for that. I need to tell people there's value, show them the value and let them receive it. But no one's the boss of me. Mm. And that's great and liberating for me because I like it. But the downside is no one expects me to be productive, be effective, be the man I need to be. And if I'm not, no one's looking. I can have a day and it could be like, like what happened today? Like, where did it go? What, what did I do? That, that was like, that was not me. I'm a, but I find a way to go, it's all right, Steve. It's fine. There's always tomorrow. And that's good because if I didn't, I'd beat myself up about yeah. it. But there's no one else going, you didn't clock in today, Steve. You, didn't, you said you were going to do these things. You didn't. You said you were going to achieve this in January. You haven't done it yet. You're not going to do it now because you've wasted too much time. No one's having that conversation. So I can just go, it's all right. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So I think that kind of gets, does it get me in? It, it does get me into a negative mindset a little just because I need to be my own boss all the time. Mm. I need to hold, I need to be a leader. I need to be a boss and I need to be a manager of myself. And sometimes I'm not. Mm. Sometimes I just give myself too much leeway and I'll set expectations of myself, but then I'll let them evaporate if I'm not getting close to them. Yet you know me to be highly... Uh, motivated based on targets, right? You've said you're a target guy and look at the physique that, you know, you said you were going to build and you built it. And like, like, I am driven by those those factors and I can be self-driven by setting goals, but I can also navigate them, avoid them, change them, yeah. move them on. You know what I mean? Make life easier if I'm not meeting my expectations. I'm okay with that and that's good, but it would be better if, people held me to account. That's why I blog. That's why I journal. That's why I, I expose my life because it allows this kind of sense of external that. accountability that people go, you said you were going to do that. You said you're this person. Why aren't you? But no one actually cares. No one actually does, but you know. So yes. then it's a way for you. Exactly. To- it's a way for me to get that external accountability, even though no one is holding me accountable. Which is really internal, isn't it? But mm-hmm. I see your logic. What um, do you think about that? Well, I, I, 
even the greatest leaders and the most successful people, whatever success means, um, have this problem. No, no one's a hundred percent right. No one's like a hundred percent on it and ticking all the boxes and holding themselves accountable. Like everyone has off days and they let themselves off and come up with excuses, but it's that that balance. Like, are you outweighing the good and the bad? Like, are you doing more of the good stuff than the bad stuff? And I feel like it's that balance that you kind of have to look at. Like, for me, I like to think that I'm doing more good in terms of being productive and showing up and doing the things that I've set out to do and and, and my targets and tasks. I think I'm doing that more often than not. But I also have days where I'm not doing it. But you also have external accountability. The structure of your life is such that people do account, and, do hold, do expect you to deliver. You know, Rich, who you work with, mm-hmm. plus the guys that work underneath you, um, and your clients. Like they, they, there's a lot of people expecting you to show up and do a good job. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, there's a price to pay, both for those people and you. And that kind of holds your feet to the fire. And you've said to me before that you need external accountability. And you've said to me before, like, you know, for training and for, you know, body weight, body goals, it'd be a lot easier if someone was holding your feet to the fire. Yeah. So, you know, you need, as as a bit of an obliger, you need that external accountability and you have it. And that's not, that's not a weakness. It's like, you know it and you've got it. Don't have it in every area of your life that you probably could benefit from if someone was holding your feet to the fire on this part of your life that you want to improve and so forth but you do have it. Well, but- so I'm wondering, like, if we took that away from you, how would you feel? Like, how, how you know, do you think you would operate well without anyone expecting anything from you? No, I've, I've been there. I work for myself. And I was fairly productive, not nearly as much as I am now that I have that external accountability mm. and that team around me. Um, like, I've been more productive than I ever have. Sorry. In the last year, I'd be more productive than I ever have in the last couple of years when I was working on my own because I could let myself off. And I did. Yeah. I'd let myself off too often. Um, and I have high expectations, but I wasn't meeting those expectations. Whereas now, like those expectations are still high, but they're not necessarily being set just by me. They're now being set by the team. And you don't want to break them. You don't want to let people down. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm, I'm a people pleaser. So mm. I know that that was probably the best move for me moving moving in with with um, a team having a team around me yeah it's now tilted the uh i've moved that way up the spectrum rather than the wrong way Mm. um which for me is partly knowing myself partly knowing myself through discussions we've had and just kind of recognizing it over time and i do i I think having that self-awareness is is vital to know how you work and operate you know how you operate i know how i operate Mm. Um, there's still more to learn, but it, it's would you knowing- would you would you go back to being a sole sole trader, so to speak? Um, like if you I were, if you were trying to kick yeah if you were trying to kick something else off and you've gone right guys, end of a chapter. I got these new expectations or aspirations, but hey, the first run of this is going to be me on my own creating this thing. Knowing what you now know of yourself, would you would you even do that? I I th- I'd do it temporarily, but I'd get a team around me as quick as possible. 
mm. and I would use that external accountability as best as possible. I'd leverage that. Right. Um, whereas I didn't before. And I didn't know that before. Yeah. So that's, I wasn't as successful insight, as I could be. So I have learned a lot from working with other people, which means hopefully that is ingrained now and a bit more of a habit so that if I went on my own to start something up, I would carry some of these traits over and be more successful if I was working, <clears throat> sorry, on my own for a temporary period. But then, like I said, I would quickly change that dynamic because I know what works best for me. I know which environment I work best in. I work better in a team when I actually thought which I Which is funny because own. you said like, you know, you just wanted to be your own boss, right? Yeah. I remember you saying to me like, I enjoy that. As some, you know, I, I wanted to create those conditions as quickly as possible in my yeah. life. Like I didn't want to work for someone else. There's a difference between working for someone else and working with people you want to work with. Like an entrepreneur. I'm, I almost feel like I'm a bit of an entrepreneur. So rather than being the entrepreneur that's kind of running the business, I feel you're more of an entrepreneur. You're 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 starting the business. Whereas I, where I've sorted myself, I'm now an entrepreneur, and I'm I'm working as part of the team as part part of a team, not not necessarily leading at the front, but being close to the pack. very going close. Yeah. yeah, being close to the top. Yeah. So I'm not just a cog that's working maybe you're like a you're a great second in command guy yeah maybe that's who that's you it. are that's like yeah I'm, I'm i'm the number two guy yeah and you work really well because someone's holding the heat of some of the tougher decisions and someone's leading the direction and with that direction you've got enough space to operate the way you operate which is i've got a bit of direction some accountability and now i can do my thing you know, add my 100%. creativity, add my own flair. I need someone there that can hold themselves accountable and make things happen mm. that then gets the ball rolling and then I can it's then really come great in. insight, and, man. Yeah, it's, and I feel like that's one of the biggest learnings I've had for myself, personally. Um, Love that, man. So, yeah. So let's do one more. Like, I'm, I've, I've done enough of my own kind of like <laughs> expose. What else? Have, have you got anything else that gets you gets you into a funk help puts you in in that new word that you only learned today which is to ruminate right that yeah. idea of just chewing over an idea that just won't leave you alone and might bleed into your day you might be doing something else but it's still nagging you or you might just be completely unproductive and be exclusively thinking about that or looking into it more than you need and now it's just set you off on a different trajectory for the day what forces you into that position of rumination um definitely fear fear of not fear of being judged fear of not getting it right um wanting and needing approval from others uh, is a big one for me uh, imposter syndrome sometimes i just feel like why like almost not feeling deserving of it when actually a lot of what we do in life you've just kind of got to go and do it yourself and and take it yourself like mm. no one will tell you or or you don't want someone really to put you on a pedestal you need to go and get it yourself i know that sounds a bit counterproductive to what we just said but it, it, it's it's not it's not just seeking that approval from other people and that's something that i feel holds me back so i'll have an idea or i know i want to do something but if it scares me a little bit and there's a bit of fear and there's a bit of fear of, for whatever reason it will get me in a funk and it will get my wheels turning and it means I'm not moving anywhere. I, I get that quite often. Um, not too often, but it, it's, it's definitely something I have to deal with. And I think I, I'm trying to deal with it by just 
building my self-esteem and my self-belief and kind of being a bit more firm in what I stand for and saying, no, I don't actually, if, if I believe that's right and I want to do it, I'm going to do it. doesn't matter if, if someone doesn't tell me I can do it. If, if that's what I want, that's what I want. So it's almost like a, a fear of failure is still, still hold, still has a grasp on you, on you. Right. And, yeah. and, and I think, you know, the more, the more interest, if you want to really interest in life and you want to achieve lots of different things and, you know, you want to make a difference, you need to, you need to get the best possible relationship you can with failure as, uh, as you can, which is what I'm saying is you've got to almost embrace failure. You've got yeah. to accept failure as part of the journey. Uh, accept your, you are inferior on anything that you do, which is brand new and go, it's going to get ugly before it gets great. And, kind of throw yourself into it just like yeah. if if you're at school right when you're at school everything you do for the first time is brand new and it it does suck and we're having these conversations with our girls right now like it suck when you do, you're not the best when there's a new subject and you just have no idea but they call it going through the going through the valley or um getting into the ditch I think it's something some some term like that but you kind of get into the ditch but then you do come out mm. and then you're smart because of it and you've allowed yourself to be vulnerable. You've allowed yourself to be a newbie, have no idea, and accept that. And know others around you might know more. But the path's always a good path. If you persevere, you come out, out of the ditch and you're brighter and smarter and more it's capable like as a result. Effect, isn't it? Yeah. So, and, and the more you can get comfortable with failure, rejection, uh, judgment, I think the better for you, the better for all of us, really, right? Because that's typically the number one reason why people don't do stuff they, mm. they they fear letting themselves down letting others down being judged looking silly mm. not looking the part but if you allow that to be too strong you'll never take action yeah and, and, and the thing is and, and i we know this stuff and this kind of like the theme of what we're saying today is we know, we know this better. stuff yeah, yeah. yet we still do it yeah and why and and that's something i know i know that failure leads to success or it is just the stepping stones to get there as cheesy as that sounds it's so true mm. but and i do quite often take action but i still get in the funk of not taking action yeah. because of that reason and i think a lot of it is accepting that that's still going to happen that's still going to happen and it's always going to happen but just getting better at dealing with that and just trying to change your perspective so hopefully hopefully today's been useful for you uh it's definitely been useful for me man 100 percent. and um and you know that go on just just a, an interesting discussion like I, it, it's just um a deep dive into our thoughts and i think it's just been um it's in, interesting for me to kind of let this out and talk about it and hopefully it's and, for and get, as well. get to know each other a little bit more as well right because yeah. it's um you know we we have conversations like this often but we always have, you know, everyone has their own guard, their guard up because it's, it's, it's protect, you know, you want to protect yourself. Mm. You don't want to be too vulnerable. You don't want people to think bad of you because you're dealing with something. So, and I think that is definitely speaking to the kind of the mental health um, discussion right now because people are becoming more open and it looks like there's a mental health epidemic or crisis. I actually don't think there is. I think we've been feeling these feelings all along throughout humanity mm. like you watch peaky blinders for example those people aren't happy let's be clear they're struggling 
you know, life wasn't, you know, even when they've got loads of money, they're still struggling. Like you look at yeah. Thomas Shelby, you don't look very happy. <laughs> and I know it's just a, it's just a drama, but I think it depicts life. You can have everything and still be struggling. Yeah. Um, so I don't think we've necessarily got a crisis on our hands. And I don't think it's necessarily just because of like social media and stuff. But we're becoming more open. People are willing to say I've got a problem or I struggle. I think that's healthy because the more we can relate to one another and go, you know what, this is just human life. Like mm. in spite, and this is the point I wanted to kind of close on, in spite of everything I've just said today, I'm still getting a lot of shit done. I'm still really happy with my life. Um, I'm achieving my expectations. I'm achieving my goals. Um, the exterior still is very positive. Like if you see what I've done, I've, I've created an adaptation. Most people are like, how the fuck have you created everything you've just created? Like, how did that happen? If you asked me two years ago, how would that have happened? I wouldn't know. But I allowed myself in, you know, into the pit and just allow myself to just absorb myself in a new world, feel very vulnerable and work it out in spite of all these negative negative funks and rumination that I have. And you know what? I don't think I'll ever eliminate them from my lives because mm. I just don't think that's human to expect that. But what this is exposing to me is that there's this, you know, this term called psychological nutrients. And it is the trifecta of having autonomy, competence, and relatedness. And if we don't have enough of any of those, mm. there's a good chance we're going to feel deplete. We're going to feel malnourished to some degree. And I look at autonomy, I've got that in spades, right? No one are expecting anything from me and I can go about my life exactly as I wish. And I love that. So I've got loads of autonomy. Competence, I feel, I, you know, it's taken time to get competent in a new space. But I feel highly competent. Now there's some aspects of what needs to happen in 2020 that are going to expose a lack of skill. But I, I've got confidence that those competencies will develop because I have them innately from other industries and from my own faculties. I just now need to bring them to bear. So I feel competence for the most part, I'm good with. The gap for me is relatedness. And I relate through the podcast and people that come on the show and how we engage on social media. But I think what's lacking is a tribe for me. And I need to, I need to give that some serious thought. So I found this therapeutic, cathartic, um, interesting. And hopefully for the for you guys listening, um, maybe you can relate to some of this because I think we're all all struggling with this, even the most productive people, the people that are still crushing it in life and are generally really happy, still deal with stuff. Mm. And that's universal, I think. I'd love to know your thoughts, guys. Um, you can get through to the adaptation show notes for this by clicking on your podcast app leave us a comment give us your thoughts share share your life like help us understand one help me realize that we're not alone yeah. <laughs> i think we need that reassurance <laughs> but also i think for all of us it's just good to see that we're all trying to work it out together yeah 100 percent. thank you for your time brian it's been an absolute pleasure man thanks for having me on cool If you enjoy this show, please consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps. And of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might enjoy the show. Feel free to get in touch with us via our website, adaptnation.io, or your favorite social media channel.
This has been Adapt Nation. Till next time, thanks for listening.